Hey, happy Tuesday. I'm Taylor, your host, and I love creating each episode with you in mind. This is the last episode in season five, and I talked to my friend Jamie. We talk about her childhood dreams and her adult career, and we also talk about the impact our words have on others. Towards the end, Jamie mentions a few smaller dreams she hopes to achieve, and I love the fact that she focuses on reaching small, attainable goals because I think that's the secret to success. Remember, this show is a bit out of date, but the wisdom Jamie shared is still relevant. While the Dream Chasers podcast I started in 2019 never became its own show, I want to thank you for listening to some of the voices that have helped shape me into who I am. Season 6 will start on Tuesday, April 2nd, because, to be honest, producing the show is time-consuming. And while I wish I had a professional producer, the tailored creative producer is yours truly, and I want to make sure each episode is its best. So remember, you can ignore the scheduling note in my outro at the end, and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss the new season on April 2nd. Follow Tailored Creative on Instagram for show updates as well. Okay, see you right after Easter. Here's Jamie. you're having a splendid week. Today, I chat with my friend Jamie Cooner. We jump right in. I really enjoyed chatting with her about childhood toys, her love for teaching and her students, and details about her classes. She also mentions that she wants a dog, and, spoiler alert, she got one well after we recorded. I just didn't release this chat as quickly as I expected to. Jamie is smart, wise, and caring. I think you'll love her. I hope you're enjoying meeting my friends as much as I enjoy talking to them. Here's my conversation with Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Um, I'm excited to do this with you. Um, We are talking about some of the dreams you've had, and you were um, somewhat scared to start this. Yes. Um, It's not, no pressure. Um, So I wanted to know, kind of, I will start in your childhood and work your way up. Um, I heard noises. <laughs> yep, so. I forgot to close that. Um, so, um, when you were a kid, what did you want to do when you grew up? I feel like I had multiple things I wanted to do, and weirdly, it was like based around Barbies or Cabbage Patch Kids that I had. That's lovely. Like I remember having Teacher Barbie that came with a chalkboard and two little kids. I also remember really liking like dentistry stuff because I had a cabbage patch kid that came with this like actual dentist chair and like the mirror tool and all this kind of stuff so I feel like it was kind of based off of some of the toys I had but I never had one like big thing that I stuck to for a long period of time so never it wasn't being a teacher it wasn't no yeah oddly enough being a teacher now I feel like I I always like decorating things or like Mm -hmm. the idea of making bulletin boards and stuff sounded fun to me, but it wasn't like I was dead set on being a teacher as a kid. Yeah. Because I wanted to be a teacher when I was little. Oh, interesting. Till middle school. Um, That was my thing. Yeah. No, Um, I never had any like doll, like, well, I'm also an only child, so it's not like, you know, so I didn't have siblings, but it's not like I put my dolls all out and had, you know, desks and pretended it was school. Right. Even though I like school. 
Did you, so did you do instruments? I don't actually know that. I did. Um, I played piano um, for probably seven years. Um, my grandmother played the organ at my old church. My dad played piano. Um, so I kind of, I didn't really have a choice. Like it was piano, um, which I, it was hard for me to sit still. And the one song I loved playing was the Titanic theme song. But other than that, I was not quite interested. Huh. Yeah. So why, so that was why you quit. You just didn't. Yeah. It was like eighth grade and I was getting involved with stuff in school and sadly I can't really play anymore. Um, I took lessons about three or four years ago again and kind of was starting with the <laughs> basics, which was really yeah, kind of sad. Great. And I regret like looking back how I treated my piano lessons, but maybe one day. Well, I did that. I, I took a break for about a year and a half because mm-hmm. I was so not interested. And then I jumped back in and had a lot of interest. Um, yeah, I was gonna say because you can play. That's I awesome. can, but I yeah, there's a good year and a half where I was like, I am not, I'm done. You know, I I was so out of it by that point. <laughs> um, did you ever play sports? Um, I did. I soccer was my first thing I started with in like third grade, I want to say. Okay. Um, and then I went to a very small Christian school, so I got to play any sport I wanted to because they didn't make cuts. Oh, that's um, nice. <laughs> we just needed people on the fields or the court. Um, so off and on, I played soccer, basketball, and tennis. Um, oh. So What's was your favorite? Um, you know what? I really liked. I, I wish I was really good at soccer because I do love soccer and basketball. Um, but I think tennis was my favorite. I played that my last two years of high school, and I really enjoyed it. We'll have to do a night of that because I mm-hmm. I've always wanted to play. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's so and fun. My, my tennis coach said <laughs> tennis is a sport for life. So yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, can any sport? Be I think so, but I think she was like, you only need another person, and like it's not that hard to like. That's true. Yeah, I think that was her point. That's neat. But, mm-hmm. So, and do you still play? You, um, you just said you did. Well, I did in high school. Um, I have some physical things going on right now, so I'm kind of limited in what I could do. But if I was able to do that, I would love to play tennis all the time. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so being a teacher, what um, what led you to do that? Um, I think it was a history teacher in high school. Um, she covered more geography type stuff. Okay. And we were going over like the countries of Africa or something. And we all had to get up at one point and we had the overhead projector. So old school. Um, actually, I still have one in my I classroom. I used to those for my grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to go up there and was going over the map or something. And my teacher, who was very sweet, but like, I feel like she didn't dole out compliments very easily. She said, you did a really nice job presenting that. Like, you should be a teacher. And I was kind of like, oh. And it was such... It makes me think about like what I say to my students because it was such a quick thing, but it kind of like struck me and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'd al- always known where I wanted to go to college, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom went back to work when I was a junior, senior in high school um, after being a stay at home mom for many years. And she was a one-on-one for a girl who had some um, limitations. And she was in a family consumer science classroom. And she came home and after a couple days and was like, I think you really would like this content. Um, 
I'd never heard of family consumer science before, also known as home economics. Uh-huh. Um, I never knew about it. My, my high school didn't call it that. And so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah they have so many yeah. or facts or whatever. And she came home and she's like, oh, there's this class and they cover cooking and nutrition and personal finance and laundry and careers and all these life skill type things. Um, I was like, oh, I, again, small Christian school, we didn't have that class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Cause my senior year, I think it was kind of a God thing. I was in the like highest math class, like traveling with that group, even though math mm-hmm. is very difficult for me. And my junior year, my teacher kind of pulled me aside. She was awesome. And she said, look, you work hard, you try hard, but you know, don't like kind of, you know, kill yourself, like taking calc your senior year. Cause that was what I was okay. supposed to do next. So instead I took an accounting class and personal finance and I loved personal finance because that's the stuff I'm like, Oh, I'm actually going to need to know how to do this. Like right. so many young adults say they don't know how to do all those things. Right. And so like was taking that class. And then my mom was telling me that, you know, there's a class that that's included and Messiah college where I wanted to go is one of at the time, two or three colleges in Pennsylvania that actually had that degree. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there's only like two other schools in Pennsylvania and they're both secular schools, which, you know, nothing wrong with them, just not Mm -hmm. where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Christian school. So yeah, I mean, all those little pieces kind of fit together and you know, it was God, like, you know, there's no other way. So I was going to take it there. So what, did you see, how did you feel like you knew that he was leading you? Was it those pieces or what, were there certain moments where he kind of spoke into it? I think he used people really to kind of speak those truths mm-hmm. into my life. Um, and is that how you often hear God? I think we can hear God in different ways, but is that? Yeah, that's that has always been something that I've definitely sought counsel about is like how God speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um Cause I think that can be very confusing even, you know, I've been raised in the church my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think just through observing situations or like journaling and looking back and seeing that, mm-hmm. or just ha- I'm fortunate enough to have people in my life who are solid Christians who, you know, have my best, they have my best in mind and they give me pretty solid counsel. So yeah. And how did, this has always been a question of mine, how did you figure out that you wanted to do the grade that you teach? Because you teach middle school, and that's a tough, that's a tough I do. Um, Yeah, so my middle school has three grades because they're all a little different. So I teach 12, 13, and Mm 14-year-olds. I didn't, I never thought I was going to be in a middle school, actually. Um, I did my student teaching at a high school. and I really, really liked it. I liked working with the high school kids, but it was so weird when my seniors are only a couple years younger than me. Um, but strange, yeah. yeah, it was very <laughs> weird. Like we'd be talking, they'd be talking about TV shows I like too. Um, so I did my student teaching in high school. Okay. And then my first job um, where I long-term subbed for six months was also with the high school. And I really liked it. Um, but I was in types of classes where only certain kids were allowed to take them if their grades were good enough or, Uh, so I think I had 
a really nice group of kids. Okay. When I applied to the district that I work for, they only had middle school positions open. Okay. And they had three or four of them between the three middle schools. And yeah, so I just kind of was like, okay, here we go. Try it out. And even now there's been positions at our high school that have opened up and I don't think I'd want to move. Like oh, I'm interesting. Yeah. I, you know, so I see nice. certain people, um, like we know, we both know a middle school math teacher mm -hmm. and I look at him and like, he is so good and dynamic, like with that mm -hmm. age group. Um, I never like thought that I was like built for middle school, but I really come to love them and enjoy it. Yeah. 95% of the time. <laughs> uh, see, and that's totally not me. And I've told you that I, I just don't have the backbone to I think that's your one playing into, we talk about the Enneagram, that's your one kind of keeping them in line. Whereas yes. I can't, I have nothing in me to do that. And that's probably is my toughest part of teaching mm -hmm. is I am definitely a rule follower and do things in a logical and organized way. And mm -hmm. especially for middle schoolers, they're figuring out so much and that's mm -hmm. not how they operate. And sometimes in my brain, I'm like, I would never do that as a middle schooler. But right, I think it's also been a cool lesson in just like looking out into my classrooms and being like, God created all these kids mm -hmm. and they're all so different right? and different from me. So I just feel like I learn a lot. You learn from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. What's, have you had a favorite student or, and I know, yes, as a teacher, you're not supposed <laughs> to say that, but it's kind of, so my situation's a little different where I don't have my students for the entire year. That's um, right. So I get them for a semester at a time, which is 45 days. But the nice thing is I, some students I've had for sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So I've mm -hmm. gotten to see them grow. Um, and then you can get to know them a little bit more, but I've had some students who just really have loved FCS. Mm -hmm. And so that's always like nice for me as a teacher who they really get into it. Um, yeah. And there's some personalities that you just click with and, you know, they get your sense of humor and they can just be this like light in the classroom. So there's definitely kids that stand out to me that I really enjoyed having them in my classroom. Yeah. I was usually that kid of like, I click with the teacher. Yes. So, and me too. Always have this. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, do you, is there, this is more serious, but is there a fear that you deal with on a daily basis regarding teaching? Like, afraid I'm not good enough or I'm afraid this will happen or um I definitely have safety concerns in my classroom because my students are sewing and cooking um in less than a week I'll be starting my eighth year so I think some of that has dissipated um because I'm a little more comfortable with the content mm -hmm. that I teach but and I feel like I'm a little more equipped to handle something if it does come up yeah. um yeah, like sometimes I feel like, am I trying hard enough? Or we have meetings with, there's six family consumer science teachers at the middle school level in my district. And sometimes we all meet up and we all kind of do the same thing, but we can still have some individuality in mm -hmm. how we do things. And yeah, after hearing them, the other teachers, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm like the worst FCS teacher ever. <laughs> or like, I That's don't true. care that much, even though I do care, but like, yeah. oh, I don't care to that level. Wow. Um, like some people are just so family consumer science and I'm like, Oh, am I like a bad teacher? Even though I love my content. Um, 
Yeah. And I mean, every, I teach 500 kids a year and, you know, I constantly have to adjust what I'm doing because one method of teaching might not work with a certain group of students for whatever yeah. reason, or I have all levels of students in my classroom, which is a little different compared mm -hmm. to the other rooms. Like I will have kids taking high school math classes mm -hmm. as eighth graders. And then I will have eighth graders who are in a math class where they are currently working at a second grade math level. Wow. Um, huh. And then I'll be teaching measurements. Well, my, mm -hmm. you know, my kids taking high school classes, they're bored. So then I'm up there going, oh, I'm not challenging them enough. And then there's my students who are taking second grade math and they're really struggling, even though they're really trying and I'm like, oh, am I doing enough for them? And then you also want to remember your in-betweeners. So wow. yeah, I definitely think there's that constant, you know, am I doing this well enough? Mm -hmm. Even though I teach the same thing four times a year, yeah. been teaching seven years. So I've done it a lot, but you still <laughs> do, do question. You, do you do the same projects year to year? Do you get to choose what projects you do for sewing and cooking? Um, all of our food labs have to be the same between the middle schools and all of our sewing projects need to be the same. Really? So yeah. Because I can understand food being a safety thing. Yeah. But sewing. You yeah. can't just say, hey, we're going to make this today instead of what the book says you know yeah um they their reasoning behind that is like if a student moved if they moved to a different house and that house um where it's located would require them going to a different middle school okay they could easily transition into the family consumer science classroom there and oh. it wouldn't be that big of an adjustment that's kind of their reasoning behind it okay yeah do you have classes that are combined so like sixth and seventh or seventh and eighth no just strictly okay. one grade at a time because okay. I did that in elementary school and that was a challenge for the teacher of like Ooh. how to we had to do state notebooks and I did a state notebook three times because I did third and fourth grade and then no. ended up being with a class again mm -hmm. to do the state notebook so that yeah it was very weird and so I was afraid that that would yeah, that is, I mean, there's some overlap. Like we still teach how to measure every year, especially if there's kids that are new. Sure. They forget, <laughs> you know, they need refreshers because yeah. they're middle schoolers. But yeah, that would be really hard. Yeah. And, and we had a lot of turnover for teachers because the school wasn't big. I went to a very small school. The school wasn't big enough mm -hmm. to have enough teachers or students. But then you also run into the problem of combined classes where you have third and fourth grade. Third grade isn't learning what fourth grade is. Fourth mm -hmm. grade is smarter than the kids in their uh -huh. class and so they would kind of alternate it was very awkward it sounds like a one-room schoolhouse and like kind of yeah that the Amish do yeah it was yeah and you know all about that too um too. we won't go into that but um <laughs> so kind of transitioning do you have obviously everybody has goals and aspirations um in their career or outside mm -hmm. of their career what would you say are some of yours whether in mm. or out of teaching I don't know this is for whatever reason, a tough one. Um, like I'm definitely content in my job. Um, I really enjoy what I do. Um, I've had thoughts of maybe, you know, considering being a guidance counselor or mm -hmm. getting a certificate to teach like kindergarten, um, my like early childhood certificate, but I don't know. It's, it's, tough like for some of that I'd have to do student teaching again or you know take yeah. a semester off um so finances come into play mm -hmm. so I think some of those I've kind of put to the wayside just because it seems like it's not possible to do and I feel like I'm limiting myself like you know but I don't know personally I don't know um that's that's 
for some that's reason good. a tough one. Yeah. Huh. I, think, I mean, because even coming into this, you didn't really have a clear idea of what, of, of any dream that you had. I mean, it was more yeah. kind of like you went into teaching and that was kind of what you wanted to do. And Yeah, and I guess most people, you know, whatever that stat is of, you know, how many times people change careers or... Or unhappy in their job. That's, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. it took a little bit. Most of my friends got a job right when we graduated from college and mm-hmm. I didn't for the first half of the year, which was really tough. I can remember going to homecoming and everyone's like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. And I like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> wanted to run into the corner, um, even though I was actively trying to get a job. Um, but I was lucky to have a contract at my job at 23, 24. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm very, very grateful for that because I know that's not true for everyone at that age. That's really cool. Um, and, and I think it's not, you don't have to have some lofty goal. I was just interested to know if you did. Yeah, um, I think just, I, you know, I want I want to go to London. There you go. That's, That's like a dream. A dream. I don't like flying, so we're working on that. Um, <laughs> right. How that but I have all the things like plans that I want to do when I'm there. I would like to get a dog eventually. Okay. Um, Small dreams. There you go. Yeah. Like, I don't know if getting married and having a family is, I think that's mm-hmm. something I would like to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that's God's plan for me. So mm-hmm. kind of being, you know. Open. Yeah, open yeah. to it, but also trying to be content and just find that healthy balance. That's good. Uh, I think the short-term dreams are helpful in, you know, the trajectory of our lives. I think that's often they end up leading to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a dog, that means you can't do something else. Or, yeah. you know, um, yes. <laughs> getting to London, not on a plane, that'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> um, but the only other thing that I will address is... Um, people in your life. So I know you have a core friend group, um, mm-hmm. and I guess a good core group of teachers that all mm-hmm. speak into who you are and how you do things. Um, is there anybody who's ha- played a specific role? Um, um yeah, well, I think my mom, mm-hmm. um, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lived at home till I was 28. Like my mom and I both work in schools. Um, I moved somewhere that's only seven minutes away from her. So I am very, very close with my mom. I think she is one of the most selfless, um, like doesn't need to have the spotlight on her, Mm -hmm. looks out for the well-being of others. Um, just, yeah, just, just selfless. Um, so I look up to her in many, many ways and try to be like her. Um, we definitely have some similarities too. Um, good and bad. But I think she's just somebody who has never wavered in her faith. Mm -hmm. She sticks to her convictions. She's not easily influenced. Um, She cares what other people think in like a healthy, Mm -hmm. to a healthy degree. Um, But she's also willing to stick up for what she believes in. The influence she's had on people in her building, you know, she's not going around like having a big shirt on that says, I love Jesus, but just in the little things that she does, like she's given me so much good advice, like don't talk negatively to your coworkers about other coworkers, Mm -hmm. um, where I've had some tough situations in my school, um, 
with coworkers that I, you know, was told that I should go talk to the union about the situation. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember my mom's like, do not go talking to, you know, your coworkers negatively about this person. Yeah. And there was actually kind of some restoration there in praying for this person that I had a really hard time with. And I feel like we're on a lot better terms now where if I had bashed this person, it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. Um, like my mom has been in multiple buildings in our district at this point. And again, just in her, just kind of being true to herself and, you know, just trying to do the right thing. Um, people have noticed it, even though mm -hmm. to some, it might seem like small, insignificant actions. So, yeah. um, she's definitely the person I talk to, um, and ask advice of. Thank God for our moms. Mm -hmm. well, same thing for me. Indeed. Um, and that's, that's good advice. I mean, my, Someone told me, and I don't remember who, but, you know, don't ever say something to someone to someone else about someone that you wouldn't say to their face. Yes. You know, and that has come mm -hmm. a lot of handy. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, you don't ever want to be the gossip. You don't ever, mm -hmm. because then those people are known as mm -hmm. those people and nobody ever wants to talk to them. Yeah. Um, it's important. And I think I, you know, a challenge for myself this year is just to talk a little more about my faith with my coworkers and not mm -hmm. just kind of go with the flow but just be more vocal about it. And I think my mom definitely has like emulated that and just, hmm. yeah, just yeah, want to strive to be her. Yeah. It's so cool. Cause we've been, we in church, were you there on Sunday? I was not, I was okay. out of town. So pastor talked about how the kingdom of God will move smaller and quieter than expected and mm. talk about how a mustard seed will grow into mm -hmm. this giant fig tree. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, it was so interesting because I've been trying to do the same and be more vocal about my faith. And my co all my coworkers know that I go to church on Sundays before mm -hmm. I come in because I come in late. Oh, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a testimony to them. And they're of all different backgrounds. Um, but knowing that even, even in just a word, even in just a smile, Mm -hmm. that people might know Jesus. I mean, he does, sometimes it's not about us mentioning his name yeah. five times in a sentence. You know, mm -hmm. it's more about what's he doing through us mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. And even if your actions aren't loud and stuff, like people are watching. Yep. Yeah. Your life may be the only book some people, you know, gospel, yeah. I think that's what some people read. Yep, exactly. So, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah. And uh, we will go ahead and enjoy the rest of the sunshine today. Everybody, isn't Jamie awesome? I love chatting with her. The beautiful music I'm using is by the talented Lance Allen. I love his instrumental work, and he is kindly letting me use his piece called East Nashville. His music is a gift to me, and I think you'll love what he produces. Please let us know what you think about the show at Tailored Creative on Instagram, my creative hub where I post my own photography, designs, and creative endeavors. That's spelled T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D, creative. Be sure to let me know how you're chasing your dreams, too. I'll see you back here in two weeks for another great conversation. Happy Wednesday.